Hey everyone, it's Dashian Miller. I would say good evening, but some of you are probably watching a recording, so good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good Saturday, good morrow, whatever you want. Anyway, uh, for those of you who are live, uh, we are, uh, this is Monday, what, March 28th of 2022, and uh, so awesome. Thanks for joining, and uh, I see a bunch of other ones are uh, signing in or logging in or doing whatever it is that they're doing. So anyway, uh, next episode of Kudan, Kudan, Kuden, Kuden, Kuden. Uh, anyway, um, that's what happens when I'm busier than snot. I don't even know where that one came from. Anyway, so uh, episode 101 and um, uh, what I'm, I'm going to be focusing again, uh, Kuden, you know, is our, it's kind of our, I don't know, life master warriorship kind of thing, thinking and, and life things and, and whatnot, right? Kuden means teacher to student transmission. So here we are, right? And um, so uh, what I got to thinking about, uh, when did I pick the, the, the theme? Uh, I don't know, a couple of days ago. And um, I got to thinking about uh, lessons that my teacher gave me or different teachers gave me uh, in this art and I've been talking about like mindset changes and, uh, and, and things like that, right? And I was really trying to sum this up into, um, just a quick sentence or something, right? And what kept banging on my noggin, right? Was the fact that they taught me, <laughs> this is going to sound, this is going to sound backwards. This is going to sound, uh, but they taught me to not be me, right? They taught me to not be me. So we're going to talk about that and uh, this idea of uh, karma and and mistaken views and things like that that well, we picked up along the way, we either from others or this idea that we developed uh, that ego kind of wraps itself around and all that, and how we need to understand the process, right? How, uh, and this stuff has been mapped out, right, um, in, in our historical philosoph philosophical teachings and things like that. Understanding the process so that we can take control of the process and move forward in the direction we really want to be moving. And not just feel like we are or feel like we aren't or whatever, but to actually like, you know, grab the, grab the reins and, and go, okay? So, yeah, so that's... That's it. So let's go ahead and formally get this started, and um, we'll talk about it more when we come back. So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. Okay, so, I don't know, I kind of left everybody with, kind of hanging with that, right? So, teachers taught me to not be me, right? Um, and I know, right, uh, everybody's here for martial arts, self-defense, those kind of things, right? But let's let's hone in on a word, right? Just one one piece of that whole string, right? Um, self, right? We talk about self-defense, self-protection, uh, personal development, self-development, whatever, right? But what is 
self, right? What are we, right? What is it or who is it that we're protecting, right? So these are the kind of questions that, that my teachers asked, right? This is also the kind of questions or the, the direction that a lot of folks who just want to learn some monkey moves, they just want to be the toughest guy on the block, they just want uh, you know, they, they have this fantasy about being that character in the movie that they saw or whatever, right? Um, this is the, this is the, one of the biggest reasons that make people jump ship and go do something else, right? Because this is, this is tough stuff, right? Um, but if we think about it, it's our concept of self. It's our concept of, of everything, right? Everything from, who I am to how I operate and what's, what's me, right? What's natural, those kind of things, uh, to how the world works, uh, my perceptions about others and all that, that is actually at the root of conflict, right? What causes conflict, right? And if we don't get a handle on that, then we're quite likely, we're very likely, right? To cause more for ourselves, more struggle, more dissatisfaction, more suffering, um, and more conflict with other people, right? So uh, what I wanted to do uh, during this uh, episode is to take a look at a couple of content, uh, concepts that uh, come to us through uh, our Mikyo uh, Mind Science uh, training, the Ninja's Philosophy. Uh, a lot of this stuff that was so deeply embedded in ancient warrior uh, lessons, right? In the culture itself, right? We can't separate warriorship and we can't separate samurai and ninja and all that from the culture that gave birth to them, right? And even if we say that, well, a lot of this stuff came in from China and uh, yeah, I know. So did the warrior teachings, right? All of these things, right? So we can't, we can't separate them, right? What people want to do, not only do they want to, pick and choose, right, um, what suits them, right, but they also want to fantasize about the best of, right, uh, you know, fantasize about being a warrior in ancient Japan, that's like fantasizing about being, uh, you know, we, we go to a renaissance fair, and then we fantasize about, you know, living in those times and all that, but we're completely ignorant of the fact that uh, they didn't have treatments and stuff for, like, lice, they didn't have deodorant, they didn't have whatever, right, so, well, you know, you ever stop to think that maybe um, all those wealthy people wore all those layers of clothing to keep from just being so freaking rancid that they're going to turn off everybody that they get near, right? Um, or the fact that, uh, you know, people had combs, right, uh, not to put their hair into, you know, some nice pattern and all that, but to keep the lice at bay, you know, that kind of stuff, Right. Um, but again, you know, people want to pick and choose things, right? So what I was taught by my teachers, uh, all the way up to Hatsumi Sensei, right? Is you cannot understand others. You cannot, uh, study this art without studying yourself, without understanding your own motivations and how you get from point A to point B, right? In the Togakure school, the very first area of training out of the ninja's 18 um, levels of training, right, is Seishin Teki, right, personal clarity, personal development, right? So uh, what does that mean, right? 
So there were some concepts that got passed down that, you know, just kind of get all screwed up and whatnot, right? And one of those is this idea of karma, right? And this is, it's one of those really fashionable words um, in today's world, kind of like, well, warriorship, there's one, right? Uh, or enlightenment or whatever, right? People throw those things around like, we're warriors, right? Everything from peewee midget football teams uh, names to uh, who knows, right? Whatever, right? You know, let's, let's be warriors. Let's, uh, you know, stand for something and whatever, you know, uh, or throwing words around like enlightenment, right? Uh, enlighten me. Nobody can enlighten you, right? And enlightenment is more of a process of stripping away and undoing than it is for a piling on, right? It's the antithesis of putting shit together kind of thing, right? It's, it's, it's a cleaning away and a bearing and exposing of the truth, what's really there, right? So, and the more we use these things, the more we throw them around incorrectly, right? The more it just twists and warps perceptions and gets us farther and farther away from what it is that we're looking for, right? And the same thing is true about self, right? Um, but there's this idea of karma, right? And I've heard everything from, uh, you know, it, it means fate, it means destiny, it means luck, it means... Uh, Bullshit, right? The word karma in Sanskrit, kama in Pali, right, um, means uh, action. It just means action, right? It implies cause and effect, right? It implies, just like, you know, in, in the Western Bible, right, you have, uh, uh, you shall reap what you sow, right? Um, good actions produce good outcomes, typically. Bad actions produce bad outcomes, typically. I say typically, and I've covered this in past episodes and whatnot. Um, I say typically because uh, there isn't just this, it's not just this linear thing, right? Um, it's, it, it, karma happens all, all the time, all over the place, right? Um, and everything that we do, right? It's not just physical actions with our body, right? It's thoughts, it's emotions, it's, it's desires, it's plans and, uh, it's, it's words and, and the choice of those things, right? Produce things, right? They set things in motion, right? Uh, a lot of people like to believe that, you know, um, I can have whatever thoughts I want, right? As long as I don't say it, it doesn't count. Uh, yeah, it does, right? Um, because thoughts, words, actions, they become reality, right? If, if for no one else but the person who's thinking them or saying them or doing them, right? Even if they're naked alone in an empty room, right? Those actions, those thoughts, those words, they condition um, future things, right? So we need to be mindful of those things, right? But again, you know, and I'm not going to get all religious on people or whatever, but we do live in a time where more and more people are shifting toward, uh, you know, being an atheist or at the very least being agnostic or whatever. Agnostic I'm okay with because they're, you know, they're admitting that they're not sure, right? Um, but it's not so much that as a almost appealing back to lower levels of, of personal development, right? Um, where if I don't have any moral or ethical uh, rules to follow, right? If I can just make it up as I go along, 
then I can do whatever I want, right? Nobody's there here to tell me what to do or whatever. But the reality is from a universal concept or a universal context, um, I, I, I do it to myself, right? So uh, if, if you're familiar with, and you can do a quick Google search, right? In images, right? Just look up the Tibetan wheel of life, right? And, you know, here's this, again, all this iconography, right? In our ninjas, Mikyo, mind science stuff, uh, that whole that whole philosophy is based on this concept of the simulacrum. What that means is that there's there are these symbols that represent bigger teachings, bigger concepts, or whatever, right? So everything is kind of uh, summed up symbolically, right? And so the Wheel of Life, there's a whole bunch of lessons on there, right? Um, and this this thing I'm going to be covering tonight uh, that kind of points out this cause and effect. Uh, it's ca- kind of called the law of causation. The twelvefold chain of dependent origination, uh, whatever, right? But um, uh, there's this. If, if you look at this picture, right? There's this big old freaking demon holding this wheel, right? Chewing on it at the top and uh, whatever, right? Um, but the whole idea is that um, there's this. There, there are consequences to actions, right? And what we really want to be doing is escaping this 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 problem right where every human being has this internal drive right to be steering their own ship so to speak right to be guiding their own way right but without the knowledge about how things are happening natural laws universal law the ikan in the ninpo ikan that that uh, we use in nijutsu in the bujinkan Without understanding those things, right, having faulty views and, and all that, right? And I don't, this is not a religion thing. This is not faulty views, my views as opposed to his views and this religion against that religion. This is natural laws or natural laws and or the universal or whatever, regardless of whether you believe in them. So this is not a dogmatic thing, right? It's kind of I, I keep referring back to gravity, right? Gravity works whether or not you believe gravity works or not or that gravity even exists, okay? So... So, so there's this idea of, of, uh, you know, this not idea. There's this, there's this rule of cause and effect, right? Whatever I do, whatever I think, whatever I say will produce things. But I said generally, right, or typically, because there's two types of karma, right? There's a every everything, right, um, is produced by a primary cause, which is usually what our heads can get wrapped around, right? Um, he said that to me, so I'm angry. That's the cause of me being angry, right? Okay, well, there's a direct cause, right? But there's also secondary karma, right? Secondary karma is are influencing conditions, okay? Uh, if you if you think about our, our martial art and and self defense techniques and things like that, right? Uh, it is very very easy to go into the dojo and learn kata as is, and then be able to regurgitate them, to be able to perform them, right? This is Seon, this is Shiaku, this is Tangeki, this is Ichimonji no Kata, whatever, right? Okay? So, you know, I, I learn these things, right? And then I believe that I've developed a self-defense ability, right? I'm not saying that you haven't, right? Um, but if we think about something like collegiate wrestling or high school wrestling, right? Greco-Roman wrestling, right? And the way it's done in a competitive format, 
I would never say that a wrestler could not defend himself or herself. I would never say that, right? But what they're doing and the way it's designed and the way it's set up is not designed for self-protection. It was never designed for self-protection, okay? So could work, couldn't work, whatever, right? But when we're going to use one of these techniques or some aspect of that technique or whatever on the street, right, um, there may be things that this guy's doing that's causing me to select this technique among other options in, uh, in this particular situation, right? Hopefully my primary cause is not because it's my favorite, okay? Um, well, hope that works out for you. But there's this secondary cause, right? Or actually there's innumerable, as the text write it out, there's innumerable secondary causes, right? Um, and what that means is there's influencing factors. My emotional state at the moment, right? Uh, the way I've assessed the situation, the environment that I'm in, the clothing I'm wearing, the clothing he's wearing, uh, my agenda, right? Um, you know, maybe my job at the moment, if I'm in security or or law enforcement, and I need to get this guy down to a certain position so I can get zip ties or I can get uh, flex cuffs or, or uh, metal handcuffs or whatever, you know, whatever on him, right? Or I just need to, like, get this guy off of me and get out, right? All of these things are influencing factors as to why I may or may not choose a given technique, kind of related to what we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks um, on our uh, uh, Warriors Whiteboard Wednesday. Uh, classes when it comes to like sparring and choosing techniques and, and things like that and getting them ready for, for street readiness, right? It's just one of those influencing factors, okay? So, uh, but but there are these different things, right? But there's this, there's this, you know, again, here's this thing, this karma, right? We'll come back, we'll, we'll circle back to this because I want to take a look at this bigger teaching that has to do with how we cause ourselves, right, as an effect, right, to become the person we are, to make the decisions we make, right, uh, to believe the things we believe, and to produce the results we're producing, okay? So, but before we get there, right, there, let, let's talk about this idea of self, right? Self-defense, self-protection, self-development, whatever, right? What the hell is it that we're talking about? Right. Because most people believe that and whether they want to call it this, whether they're involved in some kind of religion that points this out or not, they want to believe that there's this there's this singular, unchanging forever thing that's them. And I'm not going to argue that point. Right. In our Ninja's Mikyo uh, philosophy. Right. Which shows up in the uh, everything from the Amatsu Tatara to uh, Shinto in certain ways or whatever, right? There's this idea of anatman, right? This is Sanskrit, anatman, which means no self, right? Now, that's, it runs contrary to this, what most people think of as the soul theory, right? In a lot of other philosophies. Um, and, and they seem to be at odds with each other, but my training and exploration in this actually shows that at the highest point of development, they're exactly the same thing. But 
until you get there, right, if we misunderstand it, we could be throwing things off in a very, very different way, right? But we need to come to kind of this understanding of, of what it is that we're talking about, right? Because um, if we don't, right, it's going to cause more conflict. It's going to kind of cause internal conflict, right? Because if we're not sure uh, about who we are, what we stand for, whatever. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, we need to be like crystal clear or whatever. But, um, you know, very often we're taught certain things, right? Uh, I talked in a, in a, a recent episode uh, about how uh, I give my students like a moral or ethical dilemma kind of thing, right? And uh, one of them that I give them uh, kind of looks like this, right? I'm walking down the street. I come upon a situation where my friend is being attacked by somebody, right? Maybe, maybe uh, you know, fists haven't been thrown yet or anything like that, but um, they're they're in over their head. It's obvious, right? They haven't trained. Uh, for 40 plus years, like I have, uh, whatever, right? And th th they're not going to be able to handle themselves, right? So what I do is I step in, right? I intercede, whether I can get between these two or, you know, I'm, I'm behind the, the attacker or whatever, and I start yelling, hey, look at me, look at me, that kind of thing, right? To get this guy directed at me because I've spent all this time, right? Doing everything from physical techniques to de-escalation to whatever, right? psychological warfare, confusion tactics, whatever. I want this guy looking at me. I'm going to try to diffuse it, and if I have to, I'll physically handle it. But what I'm doing in the moment is giving my friend their life and freedom back, right? Go the hell home. I'll take care of this, right? But what my friend does is jumps on this guy because now he figures it's two to one, and we're going to teach this guy a lesson, right? What do you do? Okay. And here's where things come in, right? Because my answer to that equation is I go home. Okay. I back out and I go home. Because I just gave my friend their life and freedom back. And they're now going to use me as a tool for something else. Right. I was going to try to handle this so that it didn't go this far. But I didn't want this to be a two-on-one kind of thing. I wasn't stepping in. If I was if I was going to do this, I would have walked up behind the guy and punched him in the back of the skull and knocked him out, and he'd have woken up tomorrow wondering what the hell just happened. But I also understand karma. And I also understand that he may not have ever seen me, but not only does he did he have it in for my friend, but now he has it in for my friend even more, right? And this action, whether I think it was right or not, can actually create a bigger, worse problem where now my friend is going to be looking over their shoulder every single day, or it's going to get worse, or this guy's going to bring back more people or whatever, right? So again, I think most people think that they operate like teenagers, right? And what I mean by that is they've got a couple of answers for everyday normal things, but they just don't think big enough, right? Their perception and their perspective is not big enough to make good decisions, right? They make decisions based on momentary pleasure. They make decisions based on avoiding momentary pain, all that kind of stuff, right? And it's just, it's this constant, like a merry-go-round kind of thing, right? Uh, and we hear that in our language, right? Same shit, different day. What goes around comes around, all that kind of stuff, right? 
And while a lot of people would argue with me, like, man, that's not what you do, man. That's your that's your family, that's your friend, whatever, man. You're supposed to jump in there and see. No, you, now you're confusing right action and and intent with blind obedience or blind loyalty. Right? That's not warriorship. That's not enlightenment. That's self-imposed limitations. A happens in a B context and I must do C. I have no choice. Well, to not have any choice is enslavement. And it doesn't matter if somebody else did it or if I do it, it's enslavement. Okay? We're talking about freedom, right? We're talking about being able to live very, you know, happy, relaxed, all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, why else would we have gotten involved in this stuff, right? We, we got involved to become warrior protectors and to protect other people who can't protect themselves and, and those kind of things, right? But, but we're going to be enslaved by conventional, I'm going to use the word wisdom, but I don't mean it, right? Conventional thought processes, which keeps most people in a state of, well, either, I mean, life's generally good, right? Um, or dissatisfaction, right? Because it's not what they want. They've accepted it, and they can be happy with it, but that requires some serious mental gymnastics, right? So... Um, what we're really, what we really need to look at is this, what makes me, me, right? And so in our, in our Mikio philosophy, there's this idea of, I mean, it's a really uh, deep, extensive le uh, lesson on teaching this idea of causation, right? Cause and effect, right? This idea of karma. And what it, it while it, it's very, very difficult to, to like, explain it well it's difficult to explain it in in uh easily because when i do it it's going to sound like it's a linear thing right and even when it's taught where it's like a circle right it's actually it's actually more in depth than that right it's like looking at a puddle or a pond when it's raining and understanding that, you know, if a drop of water hits this pond, it creates ripples and they go out as far as they can. If they hit other things, right, that'll cause other ripples to kind of come back or it'll go out and ebb in on itself and that kind of thing. So, um, but in reality, every single link in the chain is doing this stuff, right? So I'm going to do my best at kind of, kind of hinting at this, right? Because this would take, this would take, um, Lots of lessons um, to, to go into it because we could go, we could dive into each one of these things even more. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a quick run around this thing and just uh, what I'm going to try to do is stay away from explaining it in the historical way because, uh, again, that, that's going to require too many, too many definitions and sub definitions and explanations and all that. So what I'm going to do is try to do, I'm going to do what I think I do very, very well, which is translate this stuff from a historical or an Asian context into more of a Western, uh, into a Western framework that, uh, uses more symbols that most people can relate to or whatnot. Okay. So I'm not going to, not going to beat this to death, but 
the reason for this is to take a look at this idea of of not not just anatman, right? Anat is just this idea of no self. But what it's talking about, what the, what the lesson is, is that we are we created ourselves, right? We created ourselves um, based on influences from other people, out and out lessons, those kind of things, experiences we've had or whatever. But we did a pick and choose kind of thing to put this thing together, right? I'm going to tell jokes like my Uncle Frank. I really did it. I won't have an Uncle Frank. He was the life of the party. Um, I really appreciated how he could make people laugh, even in the worst of times. And he was just good at telling jokes, right? So uh, I started off by borrowing his jokes and things like that and doing things that he did and all that. Um, and then I, you know, that I, that kept carried on to understanding humor and how to kind of do those kind of things, timing and, and, and whatnot, right? Um, but at the root of it all is Uncle Frank, right? Uh, certain teachers and guides and mentors and whatnot as far as being a protector. And so I recognize that I am the sum total of these different people and different aspects and, and, and things like that, right? But at a certain point along the way, based on these teachings, I learned that if this is true and this is how we're all built, then it would behoove me to choose my mentors and, and make my choices more responsibly so that I could build the me that I want to be. The, the me that produces the kind of results and the kind of life and the kind of end game that I want, right? The skill sets that I want, the life that I want to be living, um, the kind of things I want to be able to do in the world. I need to be able to do that, right? So um, one of my teachers uh, during, during one of, a lesson like this, one time uh, had quoted from this one study that showed that we were all, um, you know, we're creatures of habit, right? So the idea was if we're creatures of habit, then it's in our best interest to develop the habits that we want to have that are operating even when we're not thinking about them, right? When we're on autopilot, these things are still doing the do that produces the results that we want to, that we want to be producing. Right. Um, but what ends up happening is, is because we were taught by other people, right, certain views and whatnot. Right. And we come came to accept them because those views produced experiences that validated those views. This thing I'm going to be going through. Right. Explains exactly why that happens. Right. Um, but because that happened, that got reinforced more and more. And it reinforced the mindset. Right. And then what ends up happening is we actually believe that we're capable of far less than we are, right? We get stuck, right? And then we develop this sense of self that says, I'm only capable of this stuff. This is my lot in life. Um, that's not me, right? Oh, I couldn't bring myself to doing that, right? So, but once you start exploring that and think about things that you do now, you can look back a bunch of years and find a version of yourself that would have said exactly the same thing then about stuff that you do now or thoughts you have now or whatever, right? Right. If you're a parent, think about a time in your early life where you thought 
not only am I never getting married or getting chained down or whatever, right? Am I ever having kids or whatever, right? But you might even thought, kissing a girl, kissing a guy, right? That just, right? There were past versions that believed the same thing about different things, but were running the same cycle that you're probably running now about other things, right? And while you may not actually resist it or, you know, catch yourself thinking that way or whatever, one way that this shows up, and James and I see it every week, is I'll say something that hits the line that people want to pursue, right? And, or they recognize this is not me, these are not lessons I want, da 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 right? And what do they do? Right? They click away, right? They, they stop watching, right? So, uh, you know, it is what it is, right? So anyway, um, so this idea of self, right? This, this no self thing is not about not having a soul. It's not about not, you know, having an identity or whatever. It's about it not being fixed, right? That we are right now the sum total of all past knowledge, experiences, decisions, all those kind of things, right? And we will be in the future the sum total of. But will that sum total be based on doing the same things over and over and over again? So you're going to be a different person. But will you still have the same things? You'll just have more experiences, right, that justify the thing. Or will you be somebody completely different because you you took control of the process and you uh, created different experiences for yourself? You went out and you got different knowledge. You looked at things differently, whatever, right? Things that you take as absolute, I'm going to borrow another word, right? Absolute gospel now, right? People are this. People that have this amount of money are this kind of person. and They always act this way and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, because those things, right, they they create effects, right? Uh, I was just talking to students in, in class tonight uh, about this kind of thing, and I mentioned uh, there's some family members that I have, right, that um, they actually met uh, from in the same place, but they they are from completely different areas, right? So I have a family member. That is from my home state, right, Pennsylvania, and here in the United States. And their wife is from a different state, right, Illinois, okay? So his family is here. Her family is there, okay? So a couple of times over the years, right, these conversations have come up, right? And one of the things that come up as a justification for living in her home state is not... My family lives there. I don't care where your family lives. We're going to live there. It's not that, right? It kind of gets muddled, right? So what I get is, well, the schools in this state are better than the schools in the state where I grew up. And I understand what someone is trying to believe, but the conversation tends to go nowhere when I say, and how many schools in our state have you attended? 
And then how many schools in that other state have you attended? How many schools in that state has she attended? How many schools in this state has she attended? Not more than one to three schools for each of them, but none of it crosses over, right? It's always here, right? So you're going to make a blanket statement about the schools and the state based on your experience at certain ages on this limited number, one, two, three, whatever, right? But so in, in this, in Ormikyo, there's, there's this, there's this, uh, uh, block of teachings that's called the seven characteristics or seven traits of an enlightened mind. And one of those is being, is being able to look at any given thing and recognize the karmic chain that produced it and the karmic chain that that thing will produce in the future unless it's affected by something else. You can't make karma go away, but you can affect it and whatever, right? In Mikio, we tend to speed it up whether it's good or bad, because you want it, you want it to cook off, right? Um, but either way, right? So what I hear when I hear statements like this is we've had a discussion and the agenda is it's all about that thing over there. But what we're going to do is we're going to make blanket vague statements. So it justifies my position. It justifies what I want. And it doesn't matter if it's going to produce more or better results because all that matters in the moment is my fantasy about what kind of results I'm going to get. That's going to be negative, so I'm going to paint it in negative light. That's going to be positive, so it's, I'm going to paint it in a positive light regardless of what the reality of the situation is. Okay? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of crap going on, right? People do the same thing with their martial arts training, right? They do the same thing in the way they justify what techniques and skills they're going to practice, what skills and techniques they're not, when they can, when they can. I don't have any training partners, so therefore I can't practice this martial art. Bullshit. Um, you know, I. what about the fact that, you know, there, there's this dojo right down the street that's filled with people, right? And you still won't go to class. That kind of thing, right? So it's just, it, it's just whatever we attach ourselves to, right? And this is an ego thing. Whatever we attach ourselves to, right, is what we produce, okay? So anyway, uh, I'm going to zip through this, the, these 12 uh, kind of phases or states. Uh, some are internal, some are external, some are active, some are passive, whatever. But they do produce the next thing or they're reliant or connected on the next thing. All of them are, right? Ultimately, they're all conditioning each other, right? But that gets a little too difficult for people to grasp until they get a hold of the whole thing. So the way I'm going to lay it out during this episode, it's going to seem like it's a linear thing, but it's really not, right? It's like those raindrops hitting that puddle or that, that pond. And I mean, if I could see one hit and the ripples happen, okay. And then I could see another one, but during even a light rainstorm, it gets muddled very, very quickly because not only it's each hitting at a different time and at a different place, and each has its own ripples, but the ripples begin affecting other ripples, right? So um, only those who really want to take the red pill and dive in deep uh, are, are going to pursue it, right? Because this is not for the meek of heart. This is not for the lazy. This is not for um, 
at least being idly curious is is a is a start, right? Um, but the enlightenment path, and I don't care if it's warriorship or it's enlightenment or whatever it is, right? These higher states, just at their by their very nature, they require more time, effort, energy, and resources than most people could ever imagine uh, starting out, right? When they're still in fantasy stage, right? So anyway, so let's sit through these, right? And again, um, we're, I'm going to look at this from first from the context of just what they are, right? And I'll mention it as we go. Um, I may lean more in the direction of here's how it stings and here's how it it creates the current conditions, right? But toward the end, as long as we have enough time, I'll kind of reverse this or not reverse it, but flip it so we can see that it's a process that's happening. And what we want to do is, is grab the reins, right? We want to understand it so we can use it. That's right? called like gravity, right? I understand it and I recognize that it works. So I stop fighting it because if my balance is off in a self-defense uh, situation, right? If my balance is off, while I'm trying to break his, oh, that's going to be tough, right? And all it's going to take is an accidental movement on my part or even his part, right? And I could be the one that gets dumped on the ground, right? But if I understand gravity and I understand that balance is the alignment of body parts to neutralize the effect of gravity on my part, and I understand what creates that alignment, then I can maintain it for myself and I can disrupt it for him. And I could recognize that gravity is going to work on whoever, I mean, gravity is working on both of us, right? But whoever is more stable, more aligned, it's, it's, it's going to help that person as opposed to the one who's less, less aligned or whatever. And the problem with a lot of folks, when they, when they start throwing practice or they throw, you know, any, any of those techniques like that, right? They can't understand why it's not working because they're just they're putting more and more into it, right? But as one of my teachers used to say, um, if you do something incorrectly, right? If you do something uh, wrong and you do it faster or harder, it doesn't make it right. It makes it wrong faster or harder, okay? So but what they're doing is they're just putting more and more effort into it and they never stop to think that maybe it's not the technique. Maybe it's not the other person resisting harder. Maybe... There's a whole bunch of stuff that they don't even know about themselves that isn't right. Now, take that about a martial arts technique, kata, whatever, right? And apply that to everything. Relationships, parenting, life, success, finances, whatever. That's ninjutsu. That's the ninjutsu I was exposed to, right? Not the ninjutsu that's just unarmed self-defense techniques, right? The ninpo taijutsu that we're going to just blanket and call Nijutsu, okay? Kuden's about Nijutsu. It's about warriorship, not just about bits and pieces, okay? So anyway, right, so these 12 chains. So if you have a piece of notebook paper or whatever, right, if you're if you're on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or one of those other uh, audio kind of things, right, or I don't know, maybe you're watching this uh, later in my future, right, and you're on YouTube and, and you're watching the video, uh, this would be a good time to pause things. Grab yourself a piece of paper, notebook, pen, pencil, bloody finger, whatever, right, that you're going to write with, right, uh, and set yourself up, right? For those of you who are, um, you know, watching live, if you can grab something right away, uh, open up a notepad on your on your phone, whatever, right? Uh, that'd be great. If not, you might have to do this later. 
Okay, so there's going to be 12 areas. Um, I would highly recommend that you don't just take, you know, each line on your paper, write one, two, three, four, five, you know, whatever, because you're going to need some room for notes. Okay, so anyway, uh, if you are familiar with the uh, the Wheel of Life, right? There's this outer ring that goes around it that are these segments that have these little pictures in them. Okay, uh, the one at the top, typically the picture is an old blind person with a rope around their waist that's being led back and held like a leash, right, by a young um, blind person, right? And it represents the blind leading the blind. It represents ignorance, right? So that's at the top, and then there's these 12 segments that go around. But the segments kind of, they're like uh, jigsaw puzzle pieces, right? Um, sometimes, depending on the way that the art's done, right? Uh, sometimes they're that way. Sometimes they're kind of at a diagonal where they overlap, whatever, right? But each one um, affects and feeds the next one, right? And each one is dependent on the one before it, right? If you watched uh, our Warriors Whiteboard Wednesday, this is the same thing with the um, the five Ds that I've covered, um, all these things, right? They're all connected. They're all interconnected, right? So anyway, uh, so the very first one is ignorance, right? And this is not stupidity, right? This is not knowing any better. This is not knowing how things work. Right. We're just going along doing the best we can with what we know. But what we know was inherited from other either other people. Right. Uh, intentionally. Right. They actually physically or overtly taught us this thing. Right. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Um, you know, uh, you are this lineage, this religion, this whatever. Right. This is you. Right. Um I had an asshole for a stepfather growing up, so I was an idiot. I was stupid. I was whatever, even though um, my IQ was really, really high and I carried straight A's, right? So even though the results I was producing in school didn't match what he was, the names he was calling me, but what that did affect was my level of self-esteem, my confidence in myself, and my ability to produce results because that was the voice in my head. Right. Even though I had other uh, other results going on that showed me something completely different that affected everything from uh, my ability or willingness to ask a girl out to uh, engage in, in new things or select friends or uh, whatever. Right. I mean, thinking back on it, um, I'm surprised that I didn't just allow myself to walk around drooling with a runny nose and end up like one of these teenagers that are just like, uh, uh, whatever. Right. Um, but anyway, right. So, but it's a sense of, of a sense of not only self, right. This isn't just about self. This is perspective. This is view, right. This is how we look at ourself. This is how we look at the world. This is how we look at others. This is how we look at the connection between them. This is how we, this is what we think about the way things work or whatever, right? So some of it is overt education. Some of it is the indirect education, right? We listen to other people, right? Parents, mentors, whatever, right? And how they process things, how they solve problems, how they talk about things or whatever. And we take those things as, as gospel, right? And other things are self learned right based on experiences or whatever you know like i tried that martial art before 
uh, it didn't work. That that sucks. That that, that doesn't work, right? Um, but we completely ignore the teacher, the program, uh, our level of understanding, uh, our level or degree of practice, or whatever, or not, or whatever, right? So, but anyway, right? So the, here's this idea. But what it is, it's not it's not stupidity. It's just not knowing any better, okay? Or not knowing a better way, not knowing a different way, believing I don't have any options, there's only one way to do things, there's only one right way, uh, whatever, right? Okay. And then based on that, we go into action, right? So the second chain, the second link in the chain, right, is called, typically it's called volition, right? Or conditioned, ignorance-based volition, right? So volition is just this big old fancy word that means action, right? Um so what we're really talking about is acting as if these beliefs are actually true. They're actually universally true. Okay. Um, now in Mikyo, we have three different viewpoints on truth, right? There's ultimate truth. What is, is, right? And it can't be described very well using words, right? If at all. Okay. We have conventional truth. Easy things, right? I mean, you know, colors, shapes, sizes, measurement systems, time, those kind of things, right? So we, we always differentiate the two where if something is easy to describe using language, it's, it's a conventional truth, right? It's 8.51 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on March 28, 2022, uh, as I'm, you know, explaining these things, right? That's conventional truth, right? If it can't easily be described using language, then it's an ultimate truth. And this is where people get caught up because everybody wants to define things, right? Um, if I have any lawyers in the group, you know what I'm talking about because you want to pin everything down to a very easily definable kind of thing, right? Um, but there are things that cannot easily be defined, like the um, when somebody's being attacked, right? the warped sense of time, right? Um, or that happens the same in meditation and whatnot, right? The more engaged we are with something, the less we're able to gauge, the, the worse our sense of time is, right? So, um, and same thing with, with experiences and feel and, and those kind of things, right? Um, it just becomes more and more subjective, but the less the left brain has attached to, to something, or, or control over it, the less our, or the, 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 the more broken our, our sense of things. See, I'm having a hard time with language uh, communicating this because it becomes experiential and it's not objective, right? It's, you, you look at people and, and you try and you try and you try to describe it and then finally you leave it with, you had to be there, right? Yeah, you really did. Right. Kind of like the difference between learning a kata step by step by step by step. Okay. I do this. I do this. I do this. I do this. And actually being in the heat of an actual attack and being inside that bubble and having flashes of insight of maybe being able to do this or feeling certain things or whatever, or, you know, walking away and somebody goes, man, you get beat up. How many times you get hit? I don't know. I think maybe two or three times. And then as the days go on, you start recognizing bruises and stuff and you go, holy shit. Uh, Five, six, eight, no, right? Same thing with, with a with a cop or a soldier under fire, right? 
um, one of the things I teach in, in firearms training is counting rounds. Now, there's two schools of thought with this. One, can't be done. Two, it can be done, right? Um, I'm somewhere in the middle, right? Because I, I, I understand that in the thick of things, you're going to lose count, right? But if I can have a kind of an intuitive sense about how many rounds I have left, right, I'm going to be able to kind of work the process a little bit better and not end up having my weapon lock back on a final round to where it takes me one or two extra moves to get back into the fight during the reload, right? But uh, there's this subjectiveness kind of stuff going on, right? It's very, very experiential, right? It's very different. The two different realms, right? And so we need both for training. I don't care what anybody says about, uh, you know, you need one or you need the other and you don't need the other because um, you got to be careful with stuff like that, right? So, but the whole idea here is, is, is acting if, right? So um, just like in the, on the wheel, right? If you, if you, if you had this graphic, the picture that is typically used for uh, the ignorance one is the old blind old person leading the young blind person, right? Um, it's like a leash kind of thing, right? The, the old blind person has no idea where they're going, but the other person who's blind as well, right? Just kind of follows along because, well, they're older, they got more experience, they must know where they're going, right? So same thing, right? Parents leading the children, teachers leading their students, whatever, right? Um, and the reality is that, you know, <laughs> it's kind of that following the follower thing instead of following the leader. Because I'm, I'm blind, I don't know any better, so I'm going to follow that person who sounds like they know what they're talking about, right? And I know, right? I'm Here I am, sounding like I know what I'm talking about, right? But that also makes it more your responsibility to double check the lessons and don't just accept things as blind faith, right? I don't need disciples, okay? I'm tossing this stuff out because I know it to be true for me, right? Don't just take this stuff and run with it and regurgitate it because then you just end up being another asshole that's just blind leading the blind kind of thing. Or you trusted something, right? Um, okay, but that's a political decision, right? I trust him because... And I believe the lesson to be true because I trust that person and I like them or I'm not going to follow them and all their lessons are bullshit because I don't trust them and I don't like them. That has nothing, either one of those has anything to do with the truth or validity of the lesson itself. But that's what we do all the time, right? Knowing that you do it will allow you to not let that control you, okay? Because so I've got a couple of mentors in my life right now. As a person, holy shit, I'd never be their friend, right? James knows one of them that I'm talking about, but the realm that this person operates in, I want to have that skill set. So guess what? It doesn't matter if I like them. It doesn't matter if I like the language that comes out of their mouth or, uh, you know, their personality type or whatever. What matters is the skill set, right? Just like, you know, I don't like being stabbed, but... Every once in a while, I let somebody stick a sliver of steel in me so they can inject me with, a, 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 you know, a, a medication or whatever so that I don't die uh, younger than I might, right? Oh, and this has nothing to do with COVID for anybody that's going to automatically jump on that, okay? So it is what it is, right? And the fact that somebody might presume that that's what I was talking about already is an example of how deep the conditioning is. 
and how automatic, right, the, the routine will run. Right? Automatically. And as soon as that happens, the next thing you know, the thought processes just fucking run amok. Right? So anyway, right? Um, but this ignorance thing um, is usually depicted, uh, or I'm not, not ignorance, uh, the volition is usually depicted as sometimes it's just a pot, right? Like a clay pot on a potter's wheel kind of thing. And other times it's actually a potter making a pot, right? So the idea is that that pot is going to be a product of this person's knowledge, understanding, uh, experience, skill set, or whatever, right? I don't know about you, but when I went through that kind of stuff in school, more often than not, my pot ended up turning into some weird looking, what they called then an ashtray. Because everybody smoked, right? Uh, I tried to make a vase, right? Um, it just collapsed and whatever, right? So, um, but it's this idea, right? It's this action, right? Um, an artist, a potter, whatever, right? You're creating things based on your skill set, right? Um, and based on your level of understanding and all those kind of things, right? As martial artists, same thing, right? Okay, but what people tend to do is they tend to steer toward those things that they can always do well. Or um, fortunately or unfortunately, I have a couple of students that uh, routinely show up for seminars or classes or whatever. And then, but they only train for total for them, 10, 15 minutes. And then there's either, oh, this trick me keeps acting up. I need to sit down. Or, um, uh, you know, can I run the camera? That'd be cool. I'll run the camera, right? That way, you know, all this stuff is recorded. So there's all kinds of shit going on, right? But what is happening in reality is they're avoiding training or they're avoiding showing that they haven't done any practice outside the dojo, right? But they're using this, this, this thing of, you know, deflection and, and whatnot, right? So it's interesting, right? And they, they, they think they're telling the story well enough for it not to be seen through. And I just smile and nod. Right. But they're confusing my kindness with acceptance or my kindness with, uh, I don't know, whatever, ignorance or whatever. Right. So anyway. Right. So anyway, ignorance begets volition action. Right. Any action based on flawed knowledge, skill, understanding, perspective, whatever is going to be flawed from its very uh, base. Right. It'll work sometimes, not others, whatever, right? But in and of itself, the results that we get from that create the next one, right? So the next link is consciousness, okay? Consciousness is what's going in, right? So our subconscious storehouse is filled with all the data from all these experiences that we've had, whether it was classroom knowledge and learning and experience, or it was... Uh, I don't know, relationship I had or whatever, right? But not only is the data there from he said, she said, where it was, when it was, whatever, but also my belief about it, good, bad, indifferent, um, and uh, my decision about whether it worked, didn't work, whatever, my emotional state, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, have you ever heard somebody say, you know, you know what, that's it, you know? Fell in love. I gave it all my all. I'm never going to do that again. Right? Well, shit, that's like saying I fell out of a chair once and I'm never going to sit down again. Okay? 
without examining anything else because it goes right back to that broad, broad kind of statement kind of thing, right? But consciousness, right? So uh, consciousness, the, uh, the one of the symbols in uh, in uh, Eastern philosophy when it comes to the unenlightened mind, right? Or uh, uh, yeah, anything like that, right? Sometimes it's just a monkey. Right, just screaming and chattering and jumping around, and you know, so it picks this thing up and it tastes it and whatever, or it bangs this thing up against a freaking tree, or uh, you know, it wipes its butt and smells it, whatever. Right, it's just constantly being distracted. Right. Another one, sometimes what you'll see is a tree uh, with a bunch of monkeys in it. Right, and what that points out is untrained mind. Right, tends to chase thoughts around like somebody staring at a tree full of chattering monkeys, right? Which rather one is screaming the loudest at the moment or jumping from limb to limb or whatever, right? Gets the attention. And then so we're just, right? For those of you on audio only, you can't see it. I'm just like darting my eyes all over the place trying to follow this thing around, right? It's not one thought. It's just a bunch of, a bunch of thoughts, right? Which is where one form of meditation comes in, right? But either way, right? So consciousness, right? We start to, um, you know, we're, we're processing the results of the actions. Okay. So ignorance, perception, viewpoint, whatever. Right. And it's not, that's not always an ignorance thing, right? Cause if we can cut this and take control of it, then it's viewpoint perspective, right? Which is an alignment with, and it needs to, we always talk about being in alignment with nature, universal laws, uh, natural laws, that kind of thing, right? It's all about nature and natural and things like that. Right. Um, because if we can do that, then we're going to produce better uh, actions, right? Consciousness is going to be clear, that kind of thing, right? We have clarity, right? But all these things go into our subconscious storehouse, right? And get registered, right? Uh, in Mikyo, they're, they're called, um, I can't remember the exact uh, like Sanskrit word is, but what they, they, they translate to in English is uh, a stinking seed. Right. And what that means is it's just sitting there. Right. It's this it's this it's going to turn into like a weed. Right. But it's just sitting there waiting for the conditions to be right for it to grow, for it to sprout. And then you get this shit that you have to deal with. Right. Um, so anyway, so consciousness is linked to the next thing because consciousness, our minds just naturally want to name things. Right. So we're going to name that condition. We're going to name that person. We're going to name whatever, right? They could be the love of my life or they could be an asshole, right? They could be that, um, uh, that best friend who's always got my back or they could be that, uh, that douchebag that just cut me off on the highway, um, and just ruined my day, right? It happened at 7.45 this morning and here it is 8.15 at night and I'm still carrying this guy, right? Because he's the reason my day was shit. Right. Really interesting. Okay. He affected you for like microseconds, but he's the reason your entire day. Interesting. Right. So, but anyway, right. So consciousness begets name and form. Okay. Um, I can't remember what name and form is usually seen as, uh, or depicted as, uh, I don't remember. Right. Forgive me. But anyway, right. So name and form, right. And then this affects our six senses. I know, I know, we have five, right? No, we have six. Mind, right? The amount of shit that we make up up here and then accept as real, 
is astonishing. Right? Okay? And here's the important thing to remember. Our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what we see, hear, feel, taste, touch out there in the world, right? And what we make up in our own head. Doesn't know the difference. If you attach the word I to it, it belongs to you, goes in subconscious storehouse. Okay? What's cool is that you can actually use that, but for most people, right, they'll tell themselves a story so often or tell a story that they know was embellished so often to so many people that the next thing you know, it's actually the truth to them. Okay? Even though it never happened anywhere like that. Okay? So, but what ends up happening is all these things on the inside, right, right what they actually do is condition our sense consciousness says. So sight consciousness, hearing, whatever, right? And what that ends up happening, what ends up happening is we now begin to see things the way we want to see them. We hear things the way we want to hear them, right? right? So if I think life sucks, I'm going to see way more examples of life sucking than is out in front of me. Because I'm going to filter the world through my senses. Well, actually, the world's coming through my senses exactly the way it comes in. Unless my sense receptors are screwed up or broken somehow, everything's coming in exactly the way it is. But because of my rose or shit or whatever, colored glasses, I'm going to filter it. Right? I don't like that guy over there. So everything they do, even if it's to help me, to benefit me, I'm going to turn it into, it's evil. He's out to get me. He's got some kind of ooh, ulterior motive, right? Yeah, he seems nice, but that fucker, right? <laughs> so we're going to do shit like that, right? Okay? Doesn't matter how many, how much in taxes, right? A wealthy person pays to help support the system. The fact that he's wealthy. Ooh, he could give more. He could, just all kinds of shit, right? Just, all kinds of things, right? Or, you know, there's this person that, like, you know, it's just, oh, they're my, not my best bud. They're my, you know, family member, my aunt Rose, whatever. She loves me, whatever, right? No matter what they do, right? I'm going to twist that, right? Oh, I'm sure, you know, if Aunt Rose stabbed that guy 47 times in the face, I'm sure she had a good reason, right? Because Aunt Rose would never do anything that was malicious or evil or whatever, right? We do this shit all the time, okay? The trick is, the, the beginning of it is to catch yourself doing it, right? But we do it all the time, right? So what this ends up doing is it starts to condition our experience, right? Our belief about, right? Which is our reality. Re perception is reality, right? So it all starts back at ignorance. Perception and viewpoint is reality, if for nobody else than me, okay, or you, right? So it's in our best interest to make sure that that's clear, right? That's why on our on our uh, kamiza, right, the the shelf in a, in, a, in our on our dojo, right, up there with the shinden, there's a mirror, right? The mirror represents the enlightened mind. It represents not attachment. It represents clarity, right? Because a perfect mirror, right? Okay. Remember, mirrors were, were they didn't start off being zinc oxide sprayed on the back of a piece of glass. So we had this mirror, right? The reason it symbolically, right, is is what it is, is because in in the old world, 
a mirror was made of a piece of metal that was un uh, it, it was it was perfect, right? It was this perfect little disc or square or whatever, highly polished. No scratches, no dings, no bends, no warps or whatever, right? Because that's what's going to reflect back a perfect image, right? Any blemishes, any dings, any, you know, gets exposed to too much heat, too much cold, whatever, and starts to warp. You get that funhouse mirror effect, right? Where you get this warped image. It doesn't show what's actually in front of it. Okay, and that's why one of the symbols of an enlightened mind is this mirror, right? So, um, but what ends up happening is we start filtering all this stuff, right? And then that also then starts to affect how we come into contact with things, okay? And um, how we start uh, uh, making decisions, okay? So contact, uh, let me see, let me back up here. Uh, the six senses, uh, on the, uh, on the, on the wheel is typically, uh, depicted as a house with six windows because the windows represent how the world comes in, right? Okay. Um, now the sixth one up here, Chita, mind, right? Um, that's you taking memories and whatnot or fantasizing or whatever and then making up internal images. So it's not really happening out there, but Remember what I said about consciousness? Subconscious doesn't know the difference, okay? But it's how things are being fed into um, the uh, uh, the uh, Alaya Vijnana, the uh, the storehouse consciousness, right? So anyway, um, so contact is normally depicted as like a, a couple embracing, right? Contact, get it? Um, uh, but it's it's how we're touching it, right? So this stuff really starts to, um, uh, this is conditioned by and conditions the feelings, right? The, um, the perceptions, right? Which are subjective, right? Again, based on consciousness and based on viewpoint. And again, all these things affect each other, right? So the feelings, again, in, in Mikyo, we're not, when I talk about feelings, we're not talking about what most people think of as complex emotions, happiness, sadness, confusion, anxiety, those kind of things, right? There's just three, right? There's pleasant and things that we're attracted to. There's unpleasant and things that we're averse to or trying to repel or, you know, whatever, right? They're distasteful or unpleasant, right? And then there's neutral, right? Doesn't affect us, okay? So, the contact and the feelings, right? Again, conditioned by name and form, right? This is pleasant. This is unpleasant, whatever. And then that starts conditioning desire, um, or craving, right? So, and it, it's not just about craving good things, right? This is about desire, right? I want more good stuff. I want pleasurable. I want to avoid the negative. Avoiding the negative is still desire, right? It's still craving. I'm just craving to get away from that thing, right? So, um, but it's, we're, we're, all these things are getting conditioned, right? So think about, um, well, most of you are watching this on um, electronic devices, I would hope, right? Unless you somehow have some kind of weird space kind of thing going on, right? Um, most of you probably already know that, uh, all the social media platforms, Facebook and all them, right. Have these things called algorithms, right? And what they are, are these computer, uh, 
programs that are written to pay attention to what you click on, what you watch, for how long, and all that kind of stuff, right? And they keep track of that stuff. And then what they do is they loop back to feed you what you already apparently like. And they don't feed you that which you avoid. So in this context, the social media platforms are very much like your own uh, ego or filtration system, right? That which is pleasant, that which you believe in, that which matches your viewpoint and all that kind of stuff, that which matches ignorance, belief system, knowledge, whatever, right? Uh, they're going to show you more of, which is going to do what? Reinforce the same thing, okay? That which you don't look at a whole lot, don't know exists, don't like, whatever, don't click on, they're going to show you less and less, right? Until eventually they're not showing anything at all. And then what happens is we think that we know everything except that we've created and chosen something to help us reinforce a one-sided perspective on the world, thinking that we know everything about everything, when really what we've done is boxed ourselves in, and now we don't know anything about the other side, but what are we going to do? We're going to make it up, okay? Anybody doesn't believe this, which is obviously perfect, because it's what I believe, right? I'm God. I know. Nobody ever uses those words, right? But everybody that does anything different than this is automatically wrong, right? We don't, we, we never even stop to think if they're wrong, how are they still alive? If they're wrong, how are they still able to afford a car and a nice house and, and a happy family or a birthday party for their kids or how is this possible? It, could, it should not be possible. Their life should be in complete disarray. How do they have more than me? Oh. Fuckers, they obviously cheat. They're obviously corrupt. They're obviously... Really? Looks to me like their program's working better than mine. Hmm, interesting. Right? So anyway, right? But there's a desire, craving, and all that kind of stuff, right? So uh, the picture that normally shows up for the, uh, for the desire thing is a guy that's drinking, and he's got empty bottles all around him, right? Because what he's doing is he's got this favorite drink, and he just keeps drinking more and more of the same thing, right? Same Kool-Aid, right? It's here, Here's the irony, right? In today's world, right? We like to believe that everybody that's doing something different than me has drank the Kool-Aid, right? And they're, they're the ones that are off, right? Um, but the wisdom teachings show that the very fact that we believe in this, we've boxed ourselves in, right? Um, we're drinking our own Kool-Aid, right? Interesting. We're just drinking the Kool-Aid that we prefer, okay? This is what makes me happy. This is what makes me, makes me feel superior. This is what makes me think that I've got my shit together regardless of what my life, which is a reflection of my agenda, right? A reflection of my program, regardless of what it's showing me. Just like, remember that little story I told you at the very beginning when I was a kid and that stepdad calling me stupid and all those names, right? Regardless of the straight A's, regardless of the compliments that I got from diff different people about looks and intelligence and all that, right? I just couldn't see it. 
Here I was producing all these freaking results and going out of my way to produce these results. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, right, thinking that I am an ogre, right, because I was called ugly and all kinds of things, right, thinking that I was an ogre and I was stupid and I was worthless and I... Interesting. Interesting. Right? I mean, I know how it works now, but I couldn't see. I couldn't see all the all the things that other people saw. How is that possible? I'm, I'm there with myself 24-7. How is it possible for me to not see my own BS? How is it possible for me to not see the, the, the things in the world that are contrary to the viewpoint? How, I'm not paying attention. Okay. Um, anyway, so the desire, the craving, right, leads to uh, attachment or grasping, right? Reach out and grab it, right? Um, so that pleasant thing that I want more of, right? I reach out and grab that, right? As soon as I do that, I just, I, I set myself up to create more of the same, okay? I set myself up to get more of the same, okay? So people that want something different, people that want, you know, to develop their, their ninjutsu skills and all that kind of stuff, right? If they don't shut up long enough to listen to what the teacher's saying, and they're not willing to practice the things that they don't like or that are uncomfortable or whatever, right? They're just going to keep getting more of the same. You know, that what's that one saying? Um, the, uh, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always gotten. And yet people run around in circles and try to cheat the system so that they get what they want without having to do the shit that you need to do to get that thing. Right? They cheat, they're constantly cheating the system, but they want to look at other people who are producing the results that they want and not getting, and they want to call those people cheating because there's only one way to, for them, for you to get that thing. You, you got to be cheating. You got to be a, a, a cheating, lying ass when, right? But I mean, you know, because I mean, like baby magic works, right? I mean, I just have to wish hard enough and blow out the candle long enough and want it bad enough. And uh, and then I can get it without having to do the work. I don't want to do rolling, but I, I want to be able to like roll out of a throw so I don't get I don't crash and burn when somebody throws me. Rot's a rock, <laughs> right? Okay. So anyway, so there's this grasping, right? And then that sets us up, right? Because grasping leads to becoming, right? The art of becoming, right? So it leads to becoming, right? So, um. So what, what is it that we're attached to, grasping and all that, right? Uh, again, that goes right back to the appearances, the misguided uh, belief systems uh, about self, world, all that kind of stuff, right? It just keeps getting reinforced and then becoming, right? So um, what are we becoming? More of the same. We're becoming a product of that which we're doing, okay? And then, of course, that leads to birth, right? Or rebirth, right? I'm just, so I end up different, same shit, different day, right? I'm, 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 I keep, I keep doing this stuff, man. I want to make more money. I want to, da, da, da. I want to, but why is it not happening? Well, cause you're not doing all the steps that are necessary, but I'm, I'm, I'm practicing. I'm doing, if you were doing the right things, you would be producing the results that those things produce. What we have to do is step back and figure out what it is that we don't like doing. Right? If we keep reaching out for the pleasant, including not practicing, because, you know, 
stuffing our face with popcorn and watching the 3700th replay of the same fucking movie, right? Instead of practicing, we're doing the pleasurable thing instead of, uh, I keep bumping my shoulder every time I roll. Well, fucking roll differently, right? Figure out why you keep bumping your shoulder. Instead of just writing it off to, I keep bumping my shoulder and it hurts. I keep hurting myself. So then I can't roll. It's, see that? See it? Just keeps going around, right? And then, uh, there's the new, right? There's the new me, but it's not really new. It's just an older version. The same thing, right? And that leads to old age and death, right? And what that is is this, this loop, right? It's just going around and I end up, um, there's this idea of dissolution and rebirth and all that, right? Where, um, this thought process, and it happens very, very quickly. What I've been just describing for what? Well, I don't know how long this has been going on, right? Um, takes a lot longer to describe it, but it happens in an instant. And next thing you know, it just reinforces the ignorance that I started off with because it's just one more time around that everything worked out exactly the same and ends up in the storehouse consciousness. Which is why when we're practicing and when we're trying to learn new things, we have to do those things more often than the number of things that are in the storehouse. This is not easy. Okay? But if we were to cut this, right, where do we cut it? Because if you look at the wisdom teachings and the old stuff, right, it's like you cut ignorance and everything else goes away, right? Right? Because if, if I'm not operating based on ignorance, if I really do know better, if I do know how universal laws work and all that, right, then my actions are going to not be flawed. They're going to be perfect actions, right? Consciousness, I'm going to be able to see what's truly right there in front of me, right? The name and form that I give things or I, I recognize them as being expedients and I'm not trapped by them, right? And it just goes on and on and on, right? So, but that's, you can't cut it there because by the time we realize that we're, a, we, we've followed the habit pattern, which is really what we're talking about, right? By the time we realize we're caught in the habit pattern, we're actually between desire or craving and grasping, right? I'm at this moment where pleasure or pleasurable, unpleasurable, neutral, and I'm about to reach out or push away or whatever, and I have this opportunity. I have this opportunity to ask myself, is this going to serve me for the thing I really want? Is sitting here stuffing my face with popcorn watching the 37th rerun of this movie going to produce the me that has the abilities and skills and knowledge that I say I want to have? No. What will? That thing. That cuts the rest of the chain and puts something new in the unconscious storehouse that moves me in the right direction. Okay. Science says I have to do that with the same thing, the same habit pattern, to drop a habit pattern and change it for something else or to develop a new habit pattern. I have to do that thing consistently at least 12 times in a row. Okay. 12, if, I, if it's a dietary habit pattern kind of thing, 12 days in a row, whatever, right? Um, in our Mikio stuff, it's 21. Okay. So that's almost double, but 
that would like shoot way through things, right? But again, it takes in it takes into account biology and neurophysiology and all those kind of things to actually science is actually able to you know this is not belief system science is backing this stuff up, right? So, but anyway, the whole idea here is recognizing that this meat, right, at this point has a shit ton of habit patterns, right, and they become exposed to me when I shut up. And I pay attention to the results I'm getting, right? But I also need to be clear about the goals that I want to be producing. What is it that I really want? And if you can't identify that, then at least start by looking at what you don't want or what you complain about or what you reverse to or whatever. And then you must want the opposite state, right? Just looking at it from that direction. Right. But the, what this really is, is a long way because there's lots of different teachings for, for teaching this idea of karma. And, you know, if, if you ever get an email from me, well, certain types of email, um, I have this little quote at the bottom. Right. It's, and it's a summation of all these lessons that I picked up along the way. And I truly do believe to be true. Right. And it simply states you are either exactly what you want to be or exactly what you have allowed yourself to become. And that's true for me, it's true for everyone, right? And I'm not on a pedestal, I'm just the messenger at the moment because I'm still working on this stuff myself, right? Didn't say it was easy, right? But we have a choice. We can either be riding off the bullshit, accepting the conditions, because they're close enough, right? I'm comfortable, right? It's not what I, it's not what I really want, but it's, it's, you know, and modern society allows for lots of comfort, right? As long as somebody else is cutting the check or as long as nobody's rocking the boat or, you know, whatever, as long as things are working out more often than not, even if it's 51%, 49% or whatever, yeah, I'm okay, right? Because the consequences for doing the hard stuff, it's not worth it, right? Because, it's good. It's okay. It's not bad, right? Um, but again, it's it's no, it's a process, right? Okay. So, but there are these habit patterns, right? And they're crystallized, right? And because we have them, and we routinely run the routines, right? And we're fairly consistent in producing enough of the results that, you know, don't make us want to put a gun up against our head or whatever. Then, you know, we're, we're okay. Right. <clears throat> but the reality is that it's those routines, right? It's our perception of things that create our perception of reality. And it's that perception of reality that condition all these other things. It conditions our thoughts. It conditions our speech. It conditions our actions, right? And in turn produces the same reality, right? So anyway, um, again, here I am just describing the same stuff I've been describing, hopefully from a different direction. But anyway, um, so let's do this. Uh, James is on. James. 
James has better internet these days. So like James is going to pop on and be like, God, no, I mean, anyway. Right. So I'm going to make his little picture pop up down here. I think. Ta-da! Look at that. Anyway, his internet's better. So that means that he's not, uh, like Max Headroom for the other guys that are as old as me, um, or, uh, whatever. So James, you're working through a bunch of this stuff too. It's easy. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Yes. It's definitely not as simple as what. As it was what, uh, as simple as I just laid all that stuff out, right? You can just write <laughs> it down and read it and learn it and regurgitate it back and then bang, it all works, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> not quite yeah, that no. easy. <laughs> no. But it's a start, right? Because if we understand the process right. and things are going amiss, the cool thing about having a list of the, the, the chain, you've got just like um, we have our um, eight phases of effective self-defense strategy. We have our 5D uh, framework and stuff like that, right? If something's not working, you just figure out where it goes, where it's going to miss, right? And then work with that, right? right? So is it my belief system? Is it my actions based on the belief system, right? I mean, you know, am I just skating around the fact that I don't know something I need to know and I'm trying to make it work anyway, right? So is it the connection between the two or whatever? I mean, this, this takes active, uh, active work, yeah? So, um, but you're producing more results, right? I mean, things are not the same. Um, right. Now, here's the question. Here's the $36 million question, because I like the number 36, because it's a good ninja number, right? <laughs> um, of course, this makes, this makes life utopic now, right? I mean, all your problems have gone away, right? Um, yeah? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> I already know the answer to this, but more or less aggravated than you, um, more or less aggravated than you were when you started. More or less aggravated. Yeah. So that's a trick question, isn't it? Yeah. Are you still aggravated? Well, yeah. About the same things? Not about the same things. <laughs> no, not about the same, the same thing, right? And how easy is it to swim in the same pond with people with the mentality that you're trying to that you're trying to change in yourself? <laughs> More or less aggravating. That's aggravating. <laughs> <laughs> so, eventually, what happens though is it's it's still it's still uncomfortable, but eventually, and this is even in the wisdom teaching as well, it becomes, it's, it's aggravate. No, it's not aggravating because that's an, that's on the anger scale. It's uncomfortable, but it's, it's painful from a different perspective. Um, James, you have a son, yes? Okay. Yes. Um, he, has he ever been really, really, really sick 
and all you could do is like give him the medication or like make him comfortable, but you couldn't do anything more than that. And it felt like crap because you couldn't do anything more than that. Yes. It's like that. Eventually swimming in the sea with the people that are trying to or don't know that they can overcome these things, right? Compassion sets in Mm. because you recognize that you once were. You understand that they it's an ignorance thing. They don't know any better. They're not going out of their way to piss you off. They just don't know any better, right? And they're, they can't see the damage they're causing to themselves. So it's like watching a kid do something and you're trying to communicate with them. But because of the difference in mindset, they, they, they only hear and understand maybe 10% of what you're saying. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So eventually it becomes more of that. It gets transmuted, but, um, it doesn't make it any easier. You're just aggravated for a different reason. Right. And the closer you get to um, the goal, right, enlightenment, wisdom, whatever you want to call it. Right. The more aggravated you get. Right. Because the things that you the things that you're recognizing that get in the way, just like as we're moving through our, our ninjutsu training and we're climbing the ladder of mastery. The lessons that actually affect your progress get smaller and smaller but they actually, each of those small things actually affect more things on a global level. Does that make sense? Yes. Like in the beginning of your training, every lesson was brand new and it was huge, right? But most people end up quitting as they go along because they keep seeing the same technique different day because they don't recognize different things. That's probably mm-hmm. their fault, partly their fault because, you know, they, they assumed I learned step by step by step, click, next lesson, right? And the teacher wasn't nurturing anything different, right? But what ends up happening is those big lessons are kind of in a vacuum, right? It's that thing. This thing, because of mindset, doesn't relate to this thing, doesn't relate to this thing, right? So any any repair or any fixing of mistakes or whatever on this technique is typically isolated to this technique or things that are slight variations. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But the higher we go, if we can stick with the process and even get through our own aggravation, dissatisfaction or whatever, because I'm not getting new toys, right? I'm discovering new things about each of these toys, but that new lesson, that tiny little thing in timing and distancing and angling and whatever, right? If I fix that, it fixes every technique mm. that has that same thing in it. Does that make sense? Right? Yes. So what ends up happening is because we have more of these tiny little things that we're working on, right? The aggravation goes up, but it also goes up because ego wants to be done. Ego wants to be there. Mm. Most people just shortcut the process. And like, if I can, if I can recite things that Soke says, and if I can move like Soke, and if I can delude myself into believing that I'm like Soke, and if I can surround myself with enough fucking morons that will believe me that I'm already a master, right? Then I can just cut out the whole damn thing, right? So, but one of one of my mentors, and you know who I'm talking about, um, Dan, um, 
he says one of the one of the success traits of highly, highly, highly successful people that most people are not willing to engage in is being in an almost uh, constant state of dissatisfaction. And actually, that's the state that allows for enlightenment to occur on the wheel of life, because I was talking about these 12 links, right? Just inside that, there's these six pie segments, and they represent, on the wheel of life, they represent the, the different personality types, right? Different states of existence and all that. And one of those, they're all called realms, and one of those is the human realm. And it's the only realm on the entire mandala uh, that allows for enlightenment to take place, because that realm, people in that realm, um, or beings in that realm, right, are highly critical, right? They had this vision of the, the goal. And so they want it to look, I mean, it has to look a certain way, feel a certain way, that kind of thing, right? They're after a very specific kind of thing. And anything else, while it could be acceptable, is not it. And so there's this constant quest for Perfection. There's that constant quest for. There's no assumption of perfection. There's no desire for being in that state where everything is perfect kind of thing, right? There's the, it's, it's about the quality as opposed to quantity. It's about, right? Um, it's, it's not the same as the God realm where that those people think they already got it, right? There's no growth. Right. They already got it right in the battling Titan or the or the jealous God realm. Um, most people would admire them. Holy shit. Look at all you got. Right. But they're looking at the God realm going, but they have that. Oh, I'm not going to be it's not going to be right until I oh that thing. And I know that can sound like the human realm, but the human realm, it's about quality. It's about um, it's about the journey and the. The experience, not about if I have that, I can stop struggling. If I have that, everybody else will be impressed by me. If I have that, you know what I mean? It's very different, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other three are, are lower states. The hell realm, that's people suffering because of their own freaking thoughts, words, deeds, whatever. Karma's just coming back to bite them in the ass, right? Another realm, the animal realm, is about people that are just just going through the fucking motions, right? They're just existing, right? The eat, sleep, shit, go to, get up tomorrow morning, do the exact same thing. They take vacations. It's pretty much the same thing every time, whatever. They're just in this loop, right? Um, in the human realm, right? That's like this, the, you know, that, that's like the hell realm because they're, they're doing things with a high level of, uh, a high sense of morality and, and ethics and things like that. Um, but they haven't, they're not stuck, right? Um, just like animals are stuck on instinct, um, a lot of folks out of fear for survival or whatever stay within the same route. They stay within the same loop. They stay within their comfort zone, right? Mm. And, and but you know, they're just there's no growth, right? It's just that it, it, they're existing, right? It's not that they're not happy. It's not that they're not fed. It's not that they're not, you know, it's not they're not you know they're not being hunted or whatever, but actually the ones in the animal realm don't know any different, right? These are people that, um, I met a guy once, this guy was in his seventies, right? And he found out that I travel, I go to Japan. Oh, what the hell do you do that for? 
Well, because I want to see as much of this world as possible. Ah, you see one part of this world, you've seen them all. What's your experience to that? I mean, have you traveled a lot? I mean, because I can see, I mean, I've, I've met musicians and whatnot where they, they literally got out of this, they got out of the industry because one town just looked like another and they got tired of sitting. They wrote all their songs, but they got tired of this. You know what I mean? They got in this loop and then right. but there was nothing new. It was different town, different faces, but it felt the same, same show, same song, same what, and they were just, they were done with it. Right. Um, so, but uh, this guy, like, never traveled, right? As a matter of fact, the house that he lived in was six miles from the house that he grew up in, right? And had never been outside of a 10-mile radius around his house, but made an assumption wow. that if you've seen one part of this world, you've seen it all, right? And then the other realm that's in the negative states is the hungry, hungry spirit realm or whatever, where these people want things, right? They aspire to the human realm. They want things but they can't do it for themselves. There's always a reason, right? They can't, unless somebody gives it to them, they'll, they'll never be able to do it, right? So while these things are called realms and they're given these little names and all that, it's personality types. It's, it's the belief system. It's all based on these viewpoints, right? And while human beings can be caught, can get caught up like a hamster on a wheel, always looking for better, Right. Always looking for better, always looking for better. And they get stuck in that. Right. Uh, it's the only realm that allows for growth because they're looking for better. They're not looking for that one thing where now they're perfect. They're, you know what I mean? It's, it's the results driven. Right. Mm. So interesting stuff. Right. Um, anyway, so I, I know there's aggravation, right? Cause you and I've had conversations <laughs> about the aggravation, right? Um, I just, I, I more often than not laugh about things, but every once in a while, right. Um, more of those things happen in a given day. And I come home looking at my wife, like I'm anti-people today, right? <laughs> because more often than not, well, some of these people, and I, I haven't had enough interaction with them, but their actions within the couple of miles that I followed them or in that moment or whatever, right. Um, looks on their faces, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, some of them are in the uh, battling Titan realm. Like, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do because I'm going to get mine. I don't give a shit what anybody else gets, right? Okay. Um, other ones are in the fuck you, right? You're in my way kind of thing, right? I'm, I'm not doing anything wrong, right? Um, other ones, absolutely clueless, right? Absolutely clueless, right? Um, you know, other ones bitching and moaning and complaining and all that, but they created their own problem, right? And it's just karma biting them in the ass, right? And it's not, again, not fate, not whatever, but karma's cooking itself off. You said something about somebody, they found out, shit came back on you, now you're angry because somebody else was angry at you for opening your mouth and saying something that was hurtful, but you were hoping that since... You were just hoping they would never find out, right? So that's why in that in that little segment, right, there's all these pictures, right? And one of them is like this person with this huge tongue laid out, and then these demons like with a with a plow going across the tongue, right? And it's it, it's just you know it's representative of somebody opening their freaking face and saying things, and it came back to bite them, right? 
it doesn't matter because call them a name or whatever, right? Uh, people that have uh, certain sense addictions or whatever, like they've got to be staring at something or whatever, and it, it's uh, it's eating up their time and they can't be successful or whatever, right? So they're demons with a hot freaking fireplace poker stabbing them in the eye kind of thing because it's, you know, they're wasting their time um, looking at things that are distracting them from whatever right and it's it's we know i mean how many times have somebody uh you know watch things or whatever i mean um i i go through um my facebook thing because my, my facebook is generally for for helping other people and passing on lessons but i'll go through looking at stuff and, and pulling out ideas and everything and i'll go look at the clock and holy shit it's an hour and a half later right but it didn't feel like that right how many times have people been, yeah, I'll just, I'll just uh, check my thing here, right? Oh, and then I'll go check the email. Oh, I might have missed something over here, right? Next thing you know, half or three-quarters of their day is shot, and then they're pissed off because they got nothing done. You got lots done. It just wasn't on the agenda, right? So, or they, you know, played solitaire on their windows or whatever, right? So, um, it, you know, it is what it is, right? But all these things kind of go together. From the inside, uh, the first three characters are all about the three poisons. And then the next one is about people's ascent toward the God realm and descent to hell based on their actions and belief systems and all that. And the, it's just embedded with lessons. I mean, it's just lessons after lessons after lessons. In each one of those segments, there's a, a circle with a bodhisattva in it that's actually holding a symbolic representation of the thing that the person in that state actually needs to move forward. And so the bodhisattva or the teacher or the enlightened one or whatever, right, that is actually a representation of us knowing how to help somebody in whatever state they're in to get out of that state. But they have to be able to accept it as well, right? So is what it is, right? Anyway, this stuff is really, really, really deep. But what the hell does it have to do with, like, was it sensing? What does it have to do with martial arts and self-defense? Going to go right back to the beginning. What the hell are you defending? Right? And how are you processing things to even determine whether or not there's a real threat or is it a perceived threat? And if it's a perceived threat that maybe isn't, wasn't one, did you just create something that wasn't there originally? Now you got people freaking attacking you because you did or said or acted or didn't act or whatever in a way that, that set them off and just okay, clarity is the key, right? And that goes right back to our, what our defense techniques, right? Um, never, ever, ever be the one who, you know, started the crap. And if you do, it's, it, maybe it looks like you started out here, but you're, you're stopping something from, from happening that, uh, you know, like when I was a police officer, right? Go up to somebody or whatnot and, you know, they're acting all peaceful, except I go up and turn them around, put them against the wall, start, well, I didn't do anything except that five minutes before he left a woman, you know, bleeding in a yard four houses over, right? But people want to act like it's just what's happening in this box right now. Right? I have no control over things. What was I supposed to do? Really? Interesting. And the cool thing, right? Modern science. I talked about modern science earlier, right? 
when I use the term recreating yourself, I'm not just talking about giving yourself a new ideology to follow, right? If you ever, if you ever get a chance to watch the video, uh, what the bleep do we know? The word bleep is actually spelled out in Greek, like, uh, uh, is it, uh, math symbols kind of thing? You know what I'm talking about? Did you watch that? Okay. Yes. It's actually based on, uh, neurobiology and, and the whole, like, physiology kind of thing, right? Um, the more often we put ourselves in certain states, the more often we create the same kind of experiences and all that, right? Um, when our cells subdivide, that those, the, the split, the new cell that came off of that, right, is called a sister cell. And it's actually wired to get us into states faster than the previous one. So this becoming and birth and all that is not, I mean, this is stuff that was realized by people long before there were electron microscopes, let alone regular microscopes, right? So if we keep doing the same thing over and over again, it will be harder to get back out because the new sister cells have more docking ports for these things called peptides that get us into an emotional state. And those emotional states color our perception of reality, right? A certain way. So that's why in the, in the wisdom teachings, it always says, you know, you, you don't just, you don't just meditate on things, right? You create new experiences. Mikio is all about proactive engagement, right? So if I need to see, let's say I think life sucks and trust me, there was a point in my life. I think I thought people sucked. I thought life sucked all that. I was a cop on top of it, which means that only a couple hours of my day was I around my family. And a loving, nurturing kind of thing that I was trying to create. But meanwhile, I'm swimming in the lowest common denominators of, of society, right? Let me tell you, that'll taint your perspective on humanity, right? So, uh, but, but what ends up happening is your, your body and your cells at a cellular level, it's constantly recreating itself. But what ends up happening is it's conditioned by previous experiences. So the body is very, very adaptable. The brain is very adaptable. And what ends up happening is as it, as it produces these new cells to go on, they're more adept at getting into the state that you've already told it without using the words that you want to be in, which is why some people can get to anger way, way faster. Some people are harder to shake, right? Because they see life is all blissful and stuff, but those people never see trouble happening or coming up on them or whatever, right? Because they want to see the best in everybody and all that, and which is fine, but we're looking at being realist, not optimist, not pessimist, but realist. You want to be able to see what's really there, right? So, um, so the, 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 the prescription for fixing all this is that, you know, if I say, if I think life sucks, right, then what I have to go out of my way to do, which is going to be very difficult in the beginning because my brain and body at its very core is wired to see life sucks and all the examples, right? So I need to go out of my way, starting with the tiniest little things to recognize positive things that are happening. Examples of the beauty of life or nature or whatever, even if I need to get away from human beings to see, oh, wow, 
the lake and the trees or whatever, right? And then slowly start letting things come back in, right? When I see individuals, even those people that, you know, cause me trouble and all that, to start looking for positive. And I know how for a lot of people that seems like it's woo-woo, but you, your very life and sanity is on the line here, right? And so even if you don't want to be wealthy or uber successful or a ninja master or whatever, right? It's your very sanity is, you know, and, they, and they're already linking things like keeping yourself in certain negative states is the very cause that and crappy diet, right? Is the cause of a lot of cancers. You literally start growing cancer from your thoughts and your beliefs and your emotions and your experiences. Right. The original word was a Greek, right? For at the root of disease means dis-ease. It's being off kilter, right? And that creates other things, right? It drops your immunity system. All kind of, just, I've got weird hobbies, don't I? <laughs> weird hobbies. <laughs> but anyway, all this stuff ties together, right? So what we really literally are recreating ourselves, right? But it's not easy, right? Just like that one, uh, uh, one uh, artwork I have at the dojo that I found in a in a secondhand shop of all places in Japan, right? I'm looking around, I see this artwork and I recognize the nin symbol, right? But it's the at the bottom, right? And we know that nin represents or nin means what? Well, one translation is perseverance, right? Endurance, keep going, right? But then there was this other kanji on here, and I didn't recognize that at all, right? So I take it up to the shop owner and I said, uh, what does this mean? And he says, nin, nin. No, 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 I, I know nin. I, I, I know nin. But what, what's this? Nin. I don't think I'm communicating very well. <laughs> so I'm trying to, and finally what gets through is, no, no, no. They, they mean the same, but a little different, right? Because the other character meant persevering as well, right? During... It meant the same thing, but the context is different. Kind of like the difference between saying domo arigato gozaimasu and gokuro samadeshita. They both mean thank you very much. But domo arigato gozaimasu, thank you very much for doing that which was expected. At the end of a class, we all say domo arigato gozaimasu, right? You thank me for the lesson. I thank you for being good students and learning. But it's within the context of a martial arts class. That's what's expected. Right? Martial arts training took place back and forth, right? But Gokuro Samadeshta, thank you very much, is used for when you do something that was completely unexpected. English sucks, right? In English, we'd be like, oh my God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, thank, you know, whatever. Oh, thank you for what you did for me or whatever. They have a whole different word for thank you very much for going above and beyond and doing something completely unexpected, right? It's the same thing. So in this nin-nin, it's, it's this art form where they use kanji that do not create a sentence, but you have to meditate on it and extrapolate the meaning, right? Just like the Kajiwaraku poem that Takamasa Sensei wrote, right? Just, uh, you know, the wildflowers in the meadow kind of thing, right? What the hell is that? Well, you have to understand Togakure school or whatever, right? But this nin-nin, right, means being able to persevere or endure the challenges of perseverance. 
it's easy to talk about. It's not so easy to do, right? Enduring major freaking challenges, right? Can you endure the hardship of the process of enduring, of persevering, right? I don't want to get up and train. I don't want to get up and do this thing. I, whatever, I don't feel like it today. What I don't feel like is growing old or uh, being in challenging situations where I need the skill set that this is going to give me and or I don't want to endure the feelings of having failed myself. I, I, no. So guess what? I get up and I do my thing. Right? Anyway, so cool stuff, right? Uh, well, we used to have a whole bunch of people on. I'm only showing six now, so, um, but I don't know that it registers everybody because I see comments later on on the different platforms that I didn't, I didn't see that they were on. So who's on? Any questions? Any comments? Who do I have to say hi to? I'm not looking at those. <laughs> hi, Jimmy. Hi, Jen. Hi. <laughs> Jimmy's on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Julia said liked and shared. And awesome. then back near the beginning, she asked, you said your friend was in over his head. So distracting, distracting the assailant caused your friend to redouble his efforts. Um, no, what I was talking about was um, actually that's a fictitious uh, story. But the whole idea was uh, around because it. People have people have these stories all the time, right? It's what you do for friends, man, and whatever, right? So we both end up in jail, or we both, you know, that kind of thing, right? Because it's all about loyalty. And you, but your best friend is a freaking crack addict. Your best friend is a freaking thief. Your best friend is a whatever. I mean, that speaks you know, not you, right? It's not. It's not about Julia. It's not about anybody, right? But this kind of mindset, right? Um, sometimes it comes from. I don't think very highly of myself, so I'm going to hang out with this person because they're nice to me and they've done things for me and all that. So now the law of reciprocity, this mechanism in our brain, kicks in, right? So I hang out with this person. Or I don't think very highly of myself. So just like in a lot of people in a lot of relationships, anybody's better than nobody at all. So, you know, whatever, right? And then you throw loyalty into the freaking bunch. And then what? Then you end up with whatever. So... The reason for my questions to students is to get them to start thinking like a warrior and not like a crony, not like somebody that's just, you know, they're just going along with a program that the masses are going along with, but nobody fucking understands why they're doing what they're doing. It, ultimately, it all goes down to they were taught that that's what you do. Right? They don't have a better reason. Why do you get up in the morning and go to work? Most people, oh, that's what you do. I need money. Yeah, I know, but why that job? Well, good as any. One of the best answers I ever had from somebody was one of my guys. Uh, most some of you guys know Richard Snyder at the, at the dojo. He was a postal worker for a long, long time, right? Um, still ran a farm, right? But what it really came down to was the government paid him more to not grow certain things than than to grow the things he wanted to be growing, right? But he went to work for the Postal Service. When I said, 
said, do you like the job? And he went, it's okay. This job gives me the money that affords my wife and I the ability to comfortably live the way we want to live. To like every year we go to Quebec, right? In Montreal, or we go to Montreal in Quebec, um, for this vacation that we do every year, right? It allows me to do that without having to scrape and claw and, you know, make things happen and whatnot, right? So I, I personally don't care what I do as long as it affords me the ability to live as I choose. That was a great answer, right? The reality is that most people choose, and they've proven this already, most people choose education, college, votech, whatever, um, and vocations, jobs and whatnot, based on their preferences, based on things that they're attracted to, right? But also based on what they think that they're worthy of. So while they could get an, a degree in uh, something that really, really interests them or, uh, you know, um, choose hobbies, whatever, right, that really, really interests them. When it comes to getting a job, right, do they think that they're actually worth that thing? Somebody got a business degree, right? Do they have an aversion to managers or the bosses and not wanting to be one of them or whatever, right? So very, very, very different, right? Interesting. Some people end up getting, you know, getting a degree and wanting to do certain things because of status and money and all that. And then they end up working it and going, <laughs> no, no, can't do it. Not me. Right. But then they don't know what to do because they were taught that they have to do things a certain way to be somebody. But now they just turned around, turned away from, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's all kind of backwards. So anyway, the, the moral and ethical thing with the friend was, uh, the question was about, right? Um, uh, are you, are, is, are your intentions clear? Like I'm stepping in as a warrior protector to protect my friend's life from my uh, ethics when my friend, and again, it's fictitious, but when my friend jumps this other person to make it a two-on-one, assuming that I'm going to help him with the beat down, right? So he can feel like a winner. That not, That's not what I offered. Right. And now I run, I, I run the, the problem of, you know, it's like people that do dumb things, right? They don't, they don't have, they don't live in accordance with what they say is important. Like, you don't call my wife names because that's my wife, man. And it's just, I'm here to protect her and I'm here to protect my kids. But you're out doing dumbass shit that could land you in jail with the friends that are doing dumbass things. Well, who's going to protect your wife and family then? Who's going to make sure that the, the food's on the table and all that kind of stuff, right? It's just, it's, everything's all disjointed. It's all, it's, it's, it's just, you know, there's a whole bunch of programs running that have no, there's no integrity. There's no, there's no um, unifying principle holding it all together. 
Anyway, what else we got? Did I make you cry or you got a cold? I have a cold. (laughs) And you're on anyway. Wow. Stan said he's been following. (laughs) (laughs) Stan said he's been falling out of a chair thing has been kicking his butt for like 35 years now. (laughs) (laughs) And you keep doing it. What the hell? (laughs) Make a better chair, damn it. (laughs) He wants to know if I'm still piping in sunshine out here. What's that? He asked if I'm still piping in the sunshine out there. Who is? Stan. (laughs) Don't talk to Stan. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Stan's (laughs) got to throw things back. Stan has an awesome sense of humor. And uh, Tori said it was a wonderful teaching. I am blessed by it. Oh, wow. Shit, dude. I'm. I don't know that I can live up to that. Holy crap. <laughs> Thanks. I Okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> I guess I earned my keep today. Well, shit, you didn't pay for it. It was a free teaching. So, well, I guess, I, well, I don't know how to take that. No, I do. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Tori. I appreciate it. Is that it? That is it. Philip's not on? If he is, he's so he resentful. I, no, he's not resentful. He's a freaking former Marine, so... He likes it when I nail him, <laughs> nail him in the throat. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. Um, okay, so how about if we go ahead and wrap this up because we've already been at this for a little over two hours. I should probably eat and go to bed. No, I'll, I'll eat and I'll be up for many more hours because I have uh, articles to update and edit and get on websites and those things out. So um, there's uh, just off the one site that we had to save a bunch of stuff on, there are 512 articles that I had written over the course of a couple of years, and uh, they were at risk of going away. And um, most people didn't even know that I had them out. So um, I'm relaunching them, uh, updating them a little bit and um, adding some extra stuff to them to make things a little bit easier to understand, like some graphics and and things like that. So um, they're going to be, we're going to trickle, trickle those things out um, over the coming weeks and months to add to more of the stuff, right? Um, just like some of the free reports that I have. Uh, when was the last time I even let anybody know about the, uh, uh, what's that one book that I wrote? Uh, Three Massive Mistakes That Bujinkan Students Make. Mm. I, I'm, I think I'm going to retitle that to Three Massive Mistakes That Either Needed To or Self-Defense Students or whatever make um, with their training. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that I have. Holy crap. I went back through a bunch of those things and went, wow, forgot I wrote that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we're going to be re-releasing those kind of things. Um, would you tell me last week, I have, we have almost, uh, 1400 teleseminars or teleconferences between classes for the inner circle guys and other webinars and stuff like that. I, uh, that I did that, um, Yeah, we're going to put a bunch of those things into a uh, into a uh, lower level membership. Obviously, the higher level membership, my Shelby Kai, my Platinum uh, Elite guys, and all that. Throw this stuff into these into these places. You're going to have access to them anyway. Um, but there are God, if if my even if there's like the average class length or webinar length was 
an hour and a half. Let's just say an hour. And you know that's not me. <laughs> but anyway, right? that's almost 1,400 hours there. Um, wow. Shit, that doesn't count videos. That doesn't count the... 10 week, which will now be 10 module courses because we're really releasing all of those programs as well. How many programs are on the new online Ninja Academy site that we just have mm-hmm. listed? A couple of dozen? Yeah, there's at least two dozen. dozen. And a half, something like that. What's that? So I think there's at least two dozen. And not all of them are listed over there yet because we're moving things off of old right. sites and shut down. Yeah, so we're going to be relaunching and re-releasing a bunch of these things because a lot of people don't know, even know that they're out there. So uh, keep an eye out or keep both eyes out, whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that'll be cool. Uh, spring camp is coming up. Uh, the sign-up sheet is up and where I've, I've got some other things. I've, I've got to put the finishing touches on the registration page and all that. Um, uh, was that May 13th, 14th, and 15th? Is that right? Uh, yes. this year. So we're doing that. That's a lot of mental faculties and all that. Um, uh, when it comes to combat and everything from meditation, uh, affecting training, um, like I said, different mindsets and all that. Um, fall camp, thanks to Philip, uh, there's now a, um, uh, a theme for fall camp. Fall camp is September 30th, October 1st and 2nd. The theme for that is bringing the Ninja no Hachimon into the 21st century something like that, right? It's, it's looking at it from, um, that perspective. And there's a, there's a worksheet that I made up or a, or a kind of a cheat sheet kind of thing that I made up for students a while ago that, uh, I'm going to re-release so everybody sees it. And what it has is, uh, on one side, it has the traditional Ninja no Hachimon, uh, eight gates of historical ninja training that, uh, in ancient Japan, you had to be studying these eight areas, uh, to, Claim to be uh, practicing Nijutsu if you're a school to claim to be teaching Nijutsu, that kind of thing. Obviously, you could be doing more. The Togakure school has those eight plus, uh, what, eight more? So 16? 16 in the Togakure school. No, it's 18. 18. 18. So 10 more areas of training, right? But those as a minimum. And then on the other side, what I have is what that would look like in, now in the 21st century. Because if we have to recognize that that stuff, as much as people want to do historical stuff, you have to remember that the ninja were on the cutting edge of science and psychology and all that kind of stuff in their day. And it was a complete contrast to the way the samurai focused on things, right? Because the samurai, it was about um, filial loyalty. And if this was good enough for great-great-grandpa and great-grandpa and grandpa and all that, then this is what we're carrying on. It was, they were all about tradition. It's not that ninja didn't have their traditions, but their thing was anything that can allow us to produce better results more quickly and to be more successful, shit, we're all about. That's what they meant by counterculture, right? It wasn't poor farmers taking on the best trained military in the country, right? That's just, I'm uh, sorry, didn't mean to do that. Um, that's just not right, right? It's just, I should have taken a rock and hit myself in the head. Anyway, um, so if we what we need to understand is what what that is right so what is spear what is sword not just a weapon right we're looking at close and mid-range weaponry right as far as being able to handle things right so what are those things in today's world because if you're carrying a sword and a spear the cops are going to show up right because you're going to freak people out in your town and you know it's just not going to go well Right. So 
but what is the mid-range weapon in today's world? What is the close-range weapon in today's world, right? Um, some of those things cross over, right? Kiaijutsu uh, is literally the use of voice and tone and all that to affect uh, the opponent or to, to affect the other person, right? Still crosses over, but it doesn't have to be like that. Doesn't have to be these martial arts sounds, right? Because <laughs> if you do do a kia, do a martial arts kia in like in in your office tomorrow, right? And see see if that has the same effect on people <laughs> that it's supposed to have. <laughs> see what happens, right? <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Just make sure your phone's on and recording because that they want the video. That'd be awesome, right? <laughs> Um, so anyway, right? So we're going to be covering that kind of thing. I still have not picked, still haven't picked one for Daikomyo side 23. That's, uh, January 6th, 7th, and 8th. Oh, shit. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. A anything else from anybody? No, anything? sir. Dan didn't throw anything else out about his chairs. No. Stan, you need to choose and love better chairs. That's what that's 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 my that's my logic. All right, so all right, that's it. Um, so if you're good, I'm good. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up, and uh, we'll see everybody next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site, or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.